Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. Jesus forgave us of all sin, past, present, and even future sin. Andrew brought good news to me. I could understand the Bible more the way he taught it. Jesus forgave you one time, and that's for everything. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Tuesday's broadcast of the Gospel Truth. Today, I'm continuing my teaching on a sure foundation. This is a brand new book I've got out, and today is going to be, well, today is my fourth week, and this coming Friday will be my last day to be teaching on this on television and offering these materials. So I'm encouraging you to please get these materials. This teaching is just one of the foundations of my entire life. And, and as I've already taught, this is exactly what Jesus said, especially in Mark chapter 4 when He was giving these parables. It's saying that the kingdom of God is dependent upon the Word of God the way that this physical world is dependent upon seeds. Plants, animals, and people would not exist without seed, time, and harvest. And likewise, the kingdom of God operates on the Word of God being like a seed that you sow in your life. And if you give it time and protect it, it's an incorruptible seed, and it will bring forth whatever you need. Now, that is really simple, what I've said, but it is profound, and the average person doesn't really believe this. I meet Christians all of the time that are praying and begging and pleading with God, but they don't understand this principle that the Word of God is like a seed. It contains the miracle in it that you need, and you have to take the promise, sow it in your heart, meditate on it until it germinates and starts releasing that power, and if you'll give it time and protect it, it will produce whatever you need. And the average Christian doesn't know this. If you don't understand the laws of God and how the kingdom of God operates off of the Word, well, then it reduces you to where you just become a beggar and a pleader, and you cry and beg, and God, why haven't you moved yet? That's like a person that, you know, is laying on the ground and asking this ground to produce food. I'm hungry, and yet you haven't sowed a seed. You haven't cultivated it, and you're just frustrated, and then you get angry at God. Why didn't you answer my prayer? He has. Right here's all of these seeds. If you need healing, there are seeds of healing in here. If you need prosperity, it's in here. If you need joy, if you need peace. A, a verse that I've already used, Second Peter chapter 1, it says, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you, not through prayer, not through begging, not through pleading, not through desperation, not because your need is so great, but through the knowledge of God. And then verse 3, it says, All things that pertain unto life and godliness come through the knowledge of Him. And then verse 4 says, This knowledge has given us exceeding great and precious promises. So it says, All things that pertain unto life and godliness come through the knowledge of Him. If you have a healing problem, you got a knowledge problem. You aren't thinking properly because the Word of God hasn't been planted and it isn't dominant in your life. If you've got a prosperity problem, you've got a Word problem. If you got an emotional problem, you've got a Word problem. If you are fearful and doubt and angry and bitter, you got a Word problem. And I know there's a lot of people 
that don't like that. That is not acceptable to you, but that is what the Word of God teaches. All things that pertain unto life and godliness, which includes whatever it is that you need, comes through the knowledge of Him. And then verse 4 says, This knowledge has given us these exceeding great and precious promises. It's talking about the Word of God. So this is what I've been teaching on for four weeks. And yesterday I was using in Luke chapter 7 the example of where John the Baptist began to doubt that Jesus was the Christ. And I spent quite a bit of time showing that this was a crisis situation in his life. John had dedicated his entire life to this one thing about preparing the people and then announcing the Messiah. And the Lord had given him some signs that the, when the right person came, that he would see a visible manifestation of the Spirit of God descending upon Jesus, and he would hear an audible voice. God had told him this would happen. And when he baptized Jesus, the heavens were open, the Holy Spirit descended in a bodily shape as a dove upon Jesus, and he heard an audible voice saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. But after John had been in prison for a period of time, these physical things, these, uh, I mean, awesome uh, confirmations that Jesus was the Christ had begun to wane. They had become, what he was experiencing in the prison cell, the mockery, being muzzled and silenced, had become more oppressive to him than these physical and audible, visible signs that God had given him that Jesus was the Christ. And he began to doubt. And he said, Are you the Christ? And so his disciples came to Jesus and asked for this. And Jesus, for an hour, didn't even answer their questions. He just went around and he performed miracles. He saw people raised from the dead, blind eyes open, deaf ears open, the lame walk. He saw all of these miracles. And after performing these miracles in one hour's period of time, he told the disciples, in Luke chapter 7, verse 22, Go your way and tell John what things you have seen and heard, how that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, to the poor the gospel is preached, and blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. And then in verse 24, it says, When the messengers of John were departed, then he began to say these complimentary things about John. He says, what drew thousands of people out into the wilderness? Was it the scenery? Was it John's fancy clothes? And of course, the obvious answer to all of that is no. He says, the reason you went out there it was to see a prophet. And I'm telling you, John is more than a prophet because among people that have been born of women, which includes everybody <laughs> on the planet other than Jesus. Now, Jesus was born of a woman, but he was a virgin born uh, birth. And so this is excluding himself. But among all of the people that had ever been born on this planet, Jesus said in verse 28, for our uh, I say unto you, among them that are born of women, there is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist, but he that is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. What an awesome statement. Jesus was the central figure. I mean, not only was the entire nation of the Jews focused on Jesus, but surrounding areas. You have the example where the Syrophoenician woman came, uh, you know, people from outside of the nation of Israel. He was impacting multiple nations. He had affected the Romans. The Romans couldn't ignore him. Jesus was the central figure. Everybody was looking at him. And to have this man who was 
you know, probably the focus of everybody's attention to publicly say that John the Baptist is the one who was prophesied in Malachi chapter 3 or 4, and that he is the uh, greatest man that has ever been born on this planet. Man, what a tremendous statement. You know, today, if somehow or another the President of the United States or whoever it is that you respect, somebody that you just revere, and if they were to call you and say, hey, I just wanted to let you know that we appreciate you. You are awesome. Man, keep up the good work. Man, would that bless you? Would that encourage you? Well, Jesus was much more than that. And here was Jesus saying all of these complimentary things, but He said all of this after John's disciples had departed. This is not the message that He sent back. And when I read this, I just thought, God, why did you wait to say all of these complimentary things that would have blessed John, that would have encouraged him, made him feel good? In a sense, give him like a spiritual hug by just saying these complimentary things. Why didn't you say that to John? He was discouraged. He was needing encouragement. And instead of saying these complimentary things and saying this is the greatest man that has ever been born on this planet, greater than Moses, greater than David, greater than Elijah, anybody, why didn't you tell John those things? Instead, you just went about, you healed people, and then said he'll be blessed if he's not offended. For years I read this, and I just did not understand. It didn't seem appropriate to me. I would have wanted the... LORD, TO SAY ALL OF THESE COMPLIMENTARY THINGS TO ME. I MEAN, IF I WAS IN THE SITUATION THAT JOHN WAS IN, I WOULD HAVE WANTED HIM TO BLESS ME BY SAYING THESE THINGS. WHY DIDN'T HE DO SOME OF THAT? YOU KNOW, I HAD A SITUATION um, ABOUT THREE OR FOUR YEARS AGO WHERE WE WERE TRYING TO BUILD ALL OF THESE BUILDINGS, AND uh, I USUALLY YOU KNOW, DON'T MAKE A BIG DEAL ABOUT THAT ON MY TELEVISION PROGRAM. WE WILL PUT ON LITTLE THINGS FOR A MINUTE OR SOMETHING AND TELL PEOPLE ABOUT WHAT WE'RE DOING, GIVE THEM A CONSTRUCTION UPDATE OR SOMETHING. BUT WE WERE IN A CRISIS SITUATION. I WAS TRYING TO GET THESE BUILDINGS FINISHED. AND ANYWAY, I HAD JUST MADE THREE PROGRAMS WHERE I TOTALLY DEVOTED THE ENTIRE TIME TO TELLING PEOPLE ABOUT WHAT WE WERE DOING, ASKING FOR THEIR FINANCIAL PARTICIPATION. AND um, ANYWAY, I MADE THESE THREE PROGRAMS AND I WENT ON TELEVISION WITH THEM. AND THIS WAS BACK DURING DECEMBER, I THINK, OF uh, 2016. IT COULD HAVE BEEN DECEMBER OF 2015. BUT I HAD JUST MADE THESE THREE PROGRAMS, WHICH WAS ABNORMAL FOR ME. I KNEW THAT I WOULD BE CRITICIZED AND PEOPLE SAYING, YOU'RE JUST AFTER PEOPLE'S MONEY AND THINGS LIKE THIS. AND SO, YOU KNOW, I GET A LOT OF CRITICISM AND PEOPLE WRITE ME AND SAY ALL KINDS OF TERRIBLE, uh, CATTY THINGS TO ME AND STUFF. SO ANYWAY, I WAS A LITTLE DEFENSIVE ABOUT THAT WHEN I MADE THESE PROGRAMS. I WATCHED ALL THREE OF THEM IN ONE DAY. I SAT DOWN AND WATCHED THEM TO SEE HOW THEY TURNED OUT. AND I WAS uh, APOLOGETIC. I WASN'T AUTHORITATIVE. I DIDN'T DO A GOOD JOB. I KNEW THAT IT WOULD NOT PRODUCE THE FINANCES THAT WE NEED, AND IT DIDN'T. AND uh, I HAD JUST WATCHED IT, AND I REALIZED THAT I HAD LET FEAR AND um, THINKING ABOUT WHAT OTHER PEOPLE WOULD THINK ABOUT ME AFFECT THE WAY THAT I SPOKE ON THINGS. AND SO I JUST WATCHED THOSE THREE PROGRAMS, AND I WAS SITTING IN MY CHAIR, AND I WAS PRAYING AND SAYING, GOD, I JUST DID NOT DO A GOOD JOB. I LET THE FEAR OF MAN DOMINATE ME, AND I WAS KIND OF BEATING UP ON MYSELF AND SAYING, I'M SORRY, I SHOULD HAVE DONE BETTER, I WAS APOLOGETIC, I DIDN'T OPERATE IN FAITH. 
AND ANYWAY, I HAD JUST COME TO THE CONCLUSION. I SAID, FATHER, I'M SORRY, BUT YOU KNEW I WAS A MESS WHEN YOU CALLED ME AND YOU CHOSE ME ANYWAY. I SAID, THANK YOU, BUT I DID THE BEST I COULD. I PRAYED ABOUT IT. AND I SAID, YOU'RE JUST GOING TO HAVE TO USE WHAT YOU'VE GOT. I SAID, I'LL DO IT BETTER NEXT TIME, BUT I SAID, I'M SORRY. AND I WAS SITTING HERE DISCOURAGED, PROBABLY NOT ANYWHERE NEAR THE WAY THAT JOHN THE BAPTIST WAS, BUT IT WAS A SIMILAR TYPE OF THING. I WAS WONDERING, YOU KNOW, I WAS SAYING I DIDN'T DO THINGS THE WAY THAT I KNEW I SHOULD HAVE. I LET THE FEAR OF PEOPLE AFFECT ME. AND ANYWAY, AS I WAS SAYING THESE THINGS, I MEAN WITHIN FIVE SECONDS OF ME SAYING THOSE THINGS, THE TELEPHONE RANG. AND I ANSWERED THE PHONE, AND IT WAS KENNETH COPELAND ON THE TELEPHONE. HE HAD NEVER CALLED ME BEFORE. HE HAD TO CALL ONE OF MY FRIENDS AND ASK FOR MY NUMBER AND STUFF. AND IT WAS KENNETH COPELAND ON THE PHONE. AND I ANSWERED, AND HE SAYS, I WANT YOU TO KNOW I'VE JUST WATCHED THOSE THREE PROGRAMS THAT YOU MADE TALKING ABOUT YOUR NEED. AND THEN HE STARTED PROPHESYING OVER ME. AND HE SPOKE TO ME FOR, I DON'T KNOW, 30 MINUTES OR SO, AND JUST PROPHESIED AND SAID, YOU ARE GOING TO GET THESE THINGS DONE. YOU WILL DO THIS. AND I WAS (laughs) SITTING THERE LISTENING ON THE PHONE THINKING, GOD, YOU REALLY KNOW HOW TO ENCOURAGE A GUY. YOU REALLY, I MEAN, OF ALL PEOPLE, JUST OUT OF THE BLUE, I'D TALKED TO KENNETH ONCE OR TWICE BEFORE, BUT WE WERE NOT FRIENDS OR ANYTHING LIKE THAT. AND FOR HIM TO DO THAT, uh, IT JUST REALLY TOUCHED ME. AND WHEN I HUNG UP THE PHONE, I THOUGHT, WOW, YOU REALLY KNOW HOW TO ENCOURAGE ME AT THE EXACT MOMENT I NEEDED IT. SEE, I WAS LOOKING AT THIS AND THINKING, GOD, WHY DIDN'T YOU SAY ALL OF THESE COMPLIMENTARY THINGS ABOUT JOHN THE BAPTIST? WHY DIDN'T YOU SAY THESE THINGS THAT WOULD HAVE ENCOURAGED HIM? BUT HERE IS THE ANSWER TO THAT, AND I TELL YOU, THIS IS IMPORTANT. IT WAS MANY YEARS AFTER I'D STUDIED THIS AND I'D BEEN HAVING THIS QUESTION. I WAS READING, JUST READING THROUGH THE BOOK OF ISAIAH. I WASN'T EVEN THINKING ABOUT WHAT HAPPENED WITH JOHN THE BAPTIST, BUT I WAS READING IN ISAIAH, AND FROM ISAIAH CHAPTER, I DON'T KNOW, 30-SOMETHING ALL THE WAY THROUGH 50-SOMETHING WHERE IT TALKS ABOUT THAT JESUS WAS WOUNDED FOR OUR TRANSGRESSIONS, BRUISED FOR OUR INIQUITIES. ALL OF THESE VERSES ARE PROPHETIC, AND THEY ARE SPEAKING ABOUT THE COMING OF THE MESSIAH, AND SPECIFICALLY, THEY ARE GIVING INSTRUCTIONS TO JOHN THE BAPTIST. MATTER OF FACT, JOHN THE BAPTIST QUOTED FROM ALL OF THIS. YOU'VE GOT TO REMEMBER THAT IN THE OLD TESTAMENT OR IN THE DAYS OF JESUS, THEY DIDN'T HAVE A BOOK LIKE WHAT WE DO. THEY HAD SCROLLS, AND THEY DIDN'T HAVE IT DIVIDED INTO CHAPTERS AND VERSES. IT WAS JUST ONE LETTER. AND FOR JOHN THE BAPTIST TO QUOTE AND SAY, I AM THE VOICE OF ONE CRYING IN THE WILDERNESS, PREPARE THE WAY OF THE LORD. AND HE QUOTED ALL OF THESE THINGS FROM ISAIAH. HE KNEW THESE VERSES. HE KNEW THESE SCRIPTURES. THESE WERE SCRIPTURES THAT HE USED TO GIVE HIM DIRECTION FOR HIS LIFE. AND and AS I WAS READING THIS, I CAME TO ISAIAH CHAPTER 35, AND IT SAYS IN VERSE 1, THE WILDERNESS AND THE SOLITARY PLACE SHALL BE GLAD FOR THEM, AND THE DESERT SHALL REJOICE AND BLOSSOM AS THE ROSE. AGAIN, IF YOU TAKE THIS AND STUDY IT OUT, THIS IS ALL TALKING ABOUT WHAT'S GOING TO HAPPEN IN THE NEW COVENANT WHEN THE MESSIAH COMES, WHEN HE REDEEMS US FROM OUR SINS, AND WHEN HE PUTS IN THIS NEW COVENANT, ALL OF THE BENEFITS OF IT. IN VERSE 2 IT SAYS, IT SHALL BLOSSOM ABUNDANTLY AND REJOICE, EVEN WITH JOY AND SINGING. THE GLORY OF LEBANON SHALL BE GIVEN UNTO IT, AND THE EXCELLENCY OF CARMEL AND SHARON, AND THEY SHALL SEE THE GLORY OF THE LORD AND THE EXCELLENCY OF OUR GOD. THAT'S TALKING ABOUT JESUS. AND THEN THESE VERSES ARE SPEAKING TO JOHN THE BAPTIST, THE ONE WHO WOULD BE THE FORERUNNER AND PREPARE THE WAY FOR THE LORD. IN VERSE 3 IT SAYS, STRENGTHEN YE THE WEAK HANDS, 
AND CONFIRM THE FEEBLE KNEES. SAY TO THEM THAT ARE OF A FEARFUL HEART, BE STRONG, FEAR NOT. BEHOLD, YOUR GOD WILL COME WITH VENGEANCE, EVEN GOD WITH a RECOMPENSE. HE WILL COME AND SAVE YOU. THIS IS TALKING ABOUT THE MESSIAH, AND IT'S TALKING SPECIFICALLY TO JOHN, WHO IS SUPPOSED TO BE TELLING THE PEOPLE THAT GOD IS COMING TO SAVE THEM AND GIVE THEM, uh, YOU KNOW, EXECUTE VENGEANCE AND GIVE THEM A RECOMPENSE FOR SERVING HIM. AND THEN IT SAYS IN VERSE 5, THEN THE EYES OF THE BLIND SHALL BE OPENED, AND THE EARS OF THE DEAF SHALL BE UNSTOPPED. THEN SHALL THE LAME MAN LEAP AS AN HEART, AND THE TONGUE OF THE DUMB SHALL SING. FOR IN THE WILDERNESS SHALL WATERS BREAK OUT, AND STREAMS IN THE DESERT, AND THE PARCHED GROUND SHALL BECOME A POOL, AND THE THIRSTY LAND SPRINGS OF WATER, IN THE HABITATION OF DRAGONS, WHERE EACH LAY SHALL BE GRASS WITH REEDS AND BRUSHES, ETC. AND IT GOES ON AND TALKS ABOUT IT. BUT AS I WAS READING THIS, ALL OF A SUDDEN THE HOLY SPIRIT JUST REMINDED ME, WHAT DID JESUS TELL JOHN'S MESSENGERS WHEN HE WAS DOUBTING WHETHER HE WAS THE CHRIST? AND I TURNED BACK OVER TO LUKE CHAPTER 7, AND HERE'S WHAT JESUS SAID, GO YOUR WAY, TELL JOHN WHAT THINGS YOU HAVE SEEN AND HEARD, HOW THAT THE BLIND SEE, THE LAME WALK, THE LEPERS ARE CLEANSED, THE DEAF HEAR, THE DEAD ARE RAISED TO THE POOR, THE GOSPEL IS PREACHED, AND BLESSED IS HE WHOSOEVER SHALL NOT BE OFFENDED IN ME. AND THE HOLY SPIRIT PUT THIS TOGETHER, AND I SAW WHAT JESUS WAS DOING. INSTEAD OF JESUS JUST GIVING JOHN A COMPLIMENT AND SAYING, YOU ARE THE GREATEST PERSON THAT HAS EVER BEEN BORN ON THIS PLANET, YOU ARE THE GREATEST PROPHET, YOU ARE THE FULFILLMENT OF THE PROPHECY OF MALACHI, YOU ARE THE ONE WHO WOULD BE THE FORERUNNER OF THE MESSIAH. INSTEAD OF SAYING ALL OF THESE THINGS THAT WOULD HAVE BLESSED JOHN AND GIVEN HIM A TEMPORARY BOOST, YOU KNOW WHAT HE DID? HE REFERRED... <coughs> EXCUSE ME. HE REFERRED HIM BACK TO THE SCRIPTURES THAT HE HAD USED TO CALL JOHN TO THAT MINISTRY. JOHN KNEW THE PROPHECY OF ISAIAH. HE QUOTED FROM IT. AND HE SAID THAT WHEN THE MESSIAH COMES, THEN THE LAME WILL WALK, THE DEAF WILL HEAR, THE TONGUE OF THE DUMB WILL SPEAK. AND WHAT JESUS DID WAS FULFILL ISAIAH CHAPTER 35 AND VERSES 5 AND FOLLOWING. HE PERFORMED EVERY ONE OF THE MIRACLES THAT IT SAID THE MESSIAH WOULD DO. HE PERFORMED EVERY ONE OF THEM IN ONE HOUR'S TIME, PLUS HE RAISED PEOPLE FROM THE DEAD THAT WASN'T EVEN PROPHESIED OVER THERE. JUST TO MAKE SURE THAT NOBODY THOUGHT THAT THIS WAS A FLUKE, THAT SOMEHOW OR ANOTHER THE DEAF HEARING, THE LAME WALKING, THE BLIND SEEING, ALL IN ONE PERIOD, ONE HOUR'S PERIOD OF TIME, and IF THAT WASN'T ENOUGH, HE JUST RAISED uh, SOMEBODY FROM THE DEAD AND ADDED TO IT. AND THEN HE SAYS, NOW GO BACK AND TELL JOHN THE THINGS THAT YOU'VE SEEN AND HEARD, AND HE'LL BE BLESSED IF HE'S NOT OFFENDED IN ME. YOU KNOW WHAT I BELIEVE JESUS WAS DOING? RATHER THAN GIVING JOHN JUST AN EMOTIONAL HUG, RATHER THAN SAYING SOME COMPLIMENTARY THINGS THAT WOULD HAVE MADE HIM FEEL GOOD TEMPORARILY, JESUS REFERRED JOHN BACK TO THE WORD. AND HE REFERRED HIM BACK TO THE WORD, NOT BECAUSE HE DIDN'T LOVE JOHN. THE THINGS THAT HE SAID RIGHT HERE SHOWED THAT HE RESPECTED JOHN ABOVE ALL PEOPLE THAT HAD EVER WALKED ON THIS EARTH JESUS RESPECTED JOHN AND ELEVATED HIM HIGHER THAN ABRAHAM, MOSES, DAVID, ELIJAH, ANYBODY. JESUS RESPECTED JOHN THE BAPTIST SO MUCH RATHER THAN COMING DOWN AND DEALING WITH HIM ON JUST AN EMOTIONAL LEVEL, HE TRIED TO BRING JOHN UP 
to where he was operating by faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Jesus referred him back to the Word. And the Scripture doesn't show us John's reaction to this, but I know that Jesus knew that John would be able to understand and receive this. Jesus ministered to him on a higher level. You know, the Scripture says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, without faith it's impossible to please God. The thing that pleases God, the thing that really blesses God is when we, we believe Him. And faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God, Romans 10, 17. So what Jesus did, He gave John the Word. He fulfilled it physically and told the disciples to go back and I personally believe, and again, the Scripture doesn't say, but I know that Jesus would not have ministered to him on this level if he couldn't have received it. I believe that when John's messengers told him what Jesus had done and then what he said to him, I believe that John probably mulled it over and the Holy Spirit spoke to him, drew him back to the very passages of Scripture that John had quoted before, that he said these are the things that the Lord told him his life was all about, his ministry. I believe the Holy Spirit connected these dots and John realized what could the Messiah do to fulfill the prophecies any more than what Jesus has done. Even though he didn't get all of the compliments that Jesus said after his disciples were gone, he got the Word. And you know why? Because God loved him so much. He respected John so much that instead of just meeting John on this lower level to where you just feel good, he brought him up to a level to where he's operating by faith. And I tell you, I've got a lot more things to say about this. I'm going to have to continue the rest of this week. But I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, there are many of you that are in situations where you're facing discouragement, doubt and unbelief, fear about things, and you're looking for help, but you are looking down here, oh God, give me a hug. Oh God, have somebody call me and say something nice to me. Oh God, have somebody encourage me today. When what you need to be doing is just going back to the Word and letting the Holy Spirit quicken the Word of God to you. That's where your strength comes from. That's where faith comes from, and faith is what pleases God. It may be that the reason God hasn't given you your emotional hug is because He's trying to draw you into a better realm to where you operate by faith and you stand on what the Word of God says. Like I said just a second ago, I am going to minister on this the rest of the week and show you the benefit of this and show you that there is a greater blessing on just believing the Word of God than there is on seeing or feeling. John had had an audible voice from God. He had seen a visible manifestation of the Holy Spirit. And as awesome as those things were, they wore off. But the Word of God will last you through anything. It will sustain you through anything. And God is trying to bring you up to a higher level to where you operate in faith in the promises of God and not just go by your feelings. Welcome to the AWM Minute, a small glimpse on how your partnership with Andrew Womack Ministries and Karis Bible College is saving lives around the world. Lives like Alistair Porter from Glasgow, Scotland. After falling headfirst 30 feet onto concrete, Al's wife Trina applied the truths found in You've Already Got It to keep all unbelief from entering the hospital room, where her husband laid in a coma with three embolisms. I said, God, I need, I need more than this. I need physical scripture in front of me. And he gave me Psalm 91. And I said to the, the few people that were with me in the room, here it is, I read it out loud, this is God's word to Al. 
this is God's word. And if you don't believe it, and you don't believe it's going to make a full recovery, you can get out now. Trina's stance on God's word worked, and to the surprise of the medical staff, the operation was a success. And in the doctor's own words, he is a walking miracle. Check out Alistair's full healing journey by visiting awmi.net today. Praise the Lord, we've got a special treat coming for you. John Tesh is coming to the sanctuary in Woodland Park for a one-night concert. John and his wife Connie have become great friends of ours. He has been transformed by the Word of God. And of course, he's performed all over the world. He's very well known. And this is going to be a one-night only concert on April the 25th at the sanctuary in Woodland Park. Join us for a great time. I'd like to encourage you to get these products that we're offering. This book is brand new on a sure foundation. It is awesome. And this teaching is in CD and in DVD form. And then also, if you want to get the package where we are including our living commentary, that is a download off of our website. And I tell you, I've written footnotes on over 22,000 verses. It would be a real blessing to you. Listen to our announcer and respond today. Andrew's teaching titled, A Sure Foundation, is available in a brand new book for a gift of any amount. This teaching is also available as a CD album recorded live from a Gospel Truth conference or in a DVD album made from our daily television broadcast. Also today, Andrew is relaunching his Living Commentary. This updated Living Commentary is a Bible program for both Mac and PC which allows you to study through the Bible with Andrew. This one-of-a-kind living commentary allows you to regularly download his most recent footnotes and commentary on over 22,000 verses. This redesigned living commentary is available as a download for both Mac and PC for a gift of $120 or more, exclusively as a website-only offer on awmi.net or you can get the Living Commentary as part of the Assure Foundation package, which includes your choice of either the CD or DVD album, the book, and the Living Commentary. This package has a catalog value of $165, but you can get it today for only $135. Also, today's individual audio CD is available for a gift of any amount when you write or call. We encourage everyone to give, but if you're simply unable to afford it, Andrew and his partners will provide today's teaching free of charge. Our helpline number is 719-635-1111. If the lines are busy, remember, you can order ministry materials or become a Grace Partner 24 hours a day, seven days a week at awmi.net. To write us, use the address on your screen. We appreciate your generosity and hope to hear from you today.
This is Andrew Womack, and I want to invite you to join me on May the 2nd through the 4th. I'm going to be at Calvary Church, Pastor Ben Daly's church in Irving, Texas, and uh, I'm going to be holding a Gospel Truth seminar there. I know you'll be blessed, so remember it's May the 2nd through the 4th, Calvary Church, Irving, Texas. Come and join us for a great time in the Word of God. Have you checked out the Inside Story yet? It's a great way for you to get an inside look of what is happening at Andrew Womack Ministries. With over six years of interviews, there's a lot to get excited about. Check out this month's featured story today, only at awmi.net.